Thoughts on thankfulness, gratitude, and the benefits of a cheerful disposition. On a bonus episode, a Thanksgiving episode of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. I'm United Methodist not because I have quarrels with other religions or churches, but for me and millions of others, the United Methodist Church represents the best of all Protestant possibilities. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people. Welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. This is the podcast where Bishop Trimble offers an encouraging word to a discouraged world. I am your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. This is a special bonus episode of To Be Encouraged, but really it's what this podcast is about all the time, offering an encouraging word. In this episode, Bishop Trimble offers his thoughts on Thanksgiving, about how Thanksgiving is all about what the Proverbs 17.22 says, that a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken heart saps a person's strength. How we need to build one another up and be thankful for what we have. So in this episode, among many things we talk about, we're going to talk about some of the things that that Bishop Trimble is thankful for, including Africa University which is celebrating their 30th anniversary. He's going to talk about his new book, Bishop Trimble's new book called 10 Reasons I'm a Methodist, which basically outlines several positive things about being a United Methodist. And he's going to talk about the season of Thanksgiving and the holiday time, about a season of forgiveness and the need to forgive ourselves. And he goes on to talk about the powerful work of the local church and the many things he is thankful for. A good reminder for the things we can be thankful for in our lives moving forward, including the mission and ministry of Bishop Julius C. Trumbull as he ministers to us through the To Be Encouraged podcast. It's time to hear some good words from Bishop Trumbull. They're going to encourage us to stand up for the gospel with the gospel as we have this special bonus episode on Thanksgiving. Let's get into that conversation right now. Hello, good people. Welcome to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we seek to 
offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. And we love to talk to Bishop Trimble about what's going on in his heart. Bishop, welcome to our podcast today. Thank you, Dr. Brand. It's uh, good to see you, good to hear your, your voice, and it's good to have an opportunity to, to plant some seeds and spread words of encouragement across the universe. Absolutely, and that's exactly what we're about, an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. And uh, But one part of encouragement is a sense of uh, gratitude and thankfulness, certainly a, a theme throughout the Bible with everything else that's going on. I think we're in a season here and in the holiday season in November and December where we have a few things to be thankful for and to have uh, put the, a framework around some of the uh, some of the things that are a little bit distressing in our world, we do have a lot to be thankful for. So, Bishop, what's on your heart today as we have this uh, episode regarding thanks, thankfulness and gratefulness? What are you grateful for today? Well, I have, I have tons of things I'm grateful for, but I'm, I'm grateful also for the Word of God and the message that comes to us through the Bible, Old and New Testament. I think of a, a text from Proverbs, uh, Eugene Peterson's version from Proverbs 17:22. A cheerful disposition is good for your health. Hear me, Brad? Let me yes, say I that do. Again. Yes, a I cheerful, do. A cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. So your attitude, have, ma- your attitude matters, doesn't it? Your it attitude. does. And so having a having an attitude of gratitude, and sometimes, uh, you know, every day is not a good day. And, and I've been married a long time. We've both been married, and my wife reminds me, you know, your day, your good day, might not match up with my good day. But hopefully one of us is having a good day all the time. So there you go. We, we do this podcast in part, Brad, because we know that people need to hear a word of encouragement. And, yes. And they have it rooted in, rooted in a, a, a sense of faith, a grounding of prayer uh, and the word of God and real life experiences. A lot has happened uh, just in my world in terms of United Methodist Church in recent weeks. Uh, let me start with Africa University. Yes. Uh, was, you were able to travel was, there recently, and I know yeah, you've got a lot to, to share. And yeah, so please tell us to, what you experienced and what that's all about. Well, I traveled there in in, in October, uh, latter part of October, to uh, celebrate the 30th anniversary of Africa University, a university started by the United Methodist Church, uh, and it was actually initiated by African bishops from the United Methodist Church who said we need to invest in education on the continent of Africa. As United Methodists, we have a long history of supporting colleges and and schools and seminaries uh, here in the United States and other places. And uh, Africa University was an initiative from the United Methodist Church supported, endorsed by the General Conference, and now has educated and graduated over 10,000 students who have graduated from Africa University since 1992. Uh, and it's phenomenal. I, I was there um, just several weeks ago for the installation and inauguration of the fifth vice chancellor. We would probably call that person the president here. Yes, okay. But it's the vice chancellor who's the head administrator for the university, the R- professor, Dr. Peter Maghetto. And Brad, he happens to be have two degrees from Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. So the, the, new, the new vice chancellor at African University is also a graduate of Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary in Evanston, Illinois. But it's a great university. He's following uh, leaders who have brought it to that point. Uh, and to be there and to hear this phenomenal African University choir with students 
from over 20 different countries who are in the choir. They have students from over 28 African countries who are attending this university in Zimbabwe. So it is truly a pan-African university. Many of these students are United Methodists. Hmm, and almost, the, yeah, the vast majority of these students would not be able to attend college were it not for scholarship support or the fact that this university is is supported by the United Methodist Church. It was just a phenomenal experience. Um, I also was there with a classmate of ours, yes, Eli- Elias Namo Mumbiro, and I had I a was, chance. To- I wonder. I was going to ask you about Elias Namo Mumbiro. Yeah, but- he he came the last day. He was there at the inauguration, but I didn't see him. The crowd was so big. There yes. were several several thousand people there. But but uh, afterwards, we had a chance to 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 share uh, uh, after lunch on on the on on the closing closing day that we were there. And so it was great to see him and his wife. Actually, not the first time I went to Africa, Africa, and the first time I went to Zimbabwe was in 1991. And it was in part at his invitation, Reverend Elias Namo Mumbiro. And so at that time, there was just a big billboard that said the future site of Africa University where no, no dormitories, no classroom buildings had been built. And the very next year, the first class of students started at African University in 1992. And just, Bishop, just put in context a little bit. You may or may not know this. Did You may not know that uh, Elias Nambu-Mabiro, uh, he and I actually went not only to Garrett together, but he and I went to undergrad together at Evansville. I did not know that. Uh, I did not. He, yeah, so I've known him for some time. We were uh, undergraduate classmates and classmates at Garrett Evangelical. But, wow, but the, point I, the, the point I wanted to make about that. And he went on to become, uh, I forgot what his title, but he was an administrator there at Africa University of some sort, right? Isn't that right? Well, he was, when I went there, he was a district superintendent, district superintendent. For, the, for the area. But he was one of the original people that signed the papers for the property, the land, and so forth, mm-hmm. because well, he was you, superintendent. The, the, the context I want to give you was that when I first met him, you know, Zimbabwe was Rhodesia. And yes. it was an apartheid country, and he had to flee for his own life. And he was separated from his uh, wife and children for years because of racism. That. There's a, quite a story there. But my point is to show that and he actually, I think he had a, a brother, a relative who was killed in the apartheid situation. And just he had to flee for his life. He had to flee for his life and was separated for a number of years, two or three years from his wife and young children while he went to college and seminary. And went back. My point I wanted to share with you, and the thing to be thankful for, is what has God done in a place like Rhodesia to transform apartheid uh, to now have an opportunity for have African University there for education to take place. And uh, that's a miracle, isn't it? There's a miracle going it's on a, right there, a, and it's, it's, a, a, it's an amazing it's thing. And, and uh, to see what's going on at African University and how United Methodist churches all over the world have supported that happening. And uh, maybe there's some way we could see that uh, replicated again in some other places in the world, perhaps. But uh, well, well, I'll tell you what has happened as a result of African University. Many other universities have started in Africa yes, because okay. graduates from African University and now many of them are leading other institutions, particularly in countries where there are United Methodist Af- African bishops who have started colleges or un- universities or seminaries or, or Bible colleges to help train their clergy as well as their lay leadership. 90% of, I think it's over 90% of the graduates of African University 
stay on the continent of Africa. And awesome? of course, the the other 10 percent are all over the world, including here <laughs> yes. in Indiana. We have sure. two pastors who are serving churches in Indiana who are graduates of African University. So for anyone who has any Methodist roots, they also have a strong connection now with the African Methodist Episcopal Church uh, in, in, in Africa. And uh, there are persons who are not who are not Methodists who are who've been there, who supported that uh, university. So it's a good news story for the it United is. Methodist Church. And we are thankful. We are grateful and we're for, what, thankful. for what God has done and for what God is doing and will continue to do under the leadership of the, of the new vice chancellor there. And we hope to have him on our podcast here sometime in, in the future. But there's other, th- there's other things that I know that you are thinking about and praying about that are you just saying, man, God's done a good thing here. That, I'm so grateful for well, that. What are some other I things? I want to say, are- yeah, yeah, I have a lot. One of them is I got a little book that I had published. And I'm sure. using it to support African University. It's 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 entitled Ten Reasons I'm a Methodist." Okay, great. ten reasons I'm a Methodist. And one of the one of the little chapters in the book is African University. We just yes. got to talking about that. Sure. One of the reasons, and, and uh, I, I'm unapologetically committed to that to the church. At the last the last page of the book, I write, "I am a United Methodist because I don't all I don't need all people to agree on all things, Brad." Yes. Yeah, you and I probably don't agree on all things. I hope not. Probably, I don't think, probably, I don't think probably, so. Yeah, we probably agree on a lot of things, but, I, yeah, but I, I'm United so. Methodist not because I have quarrels with other religions or churches, but for me and millions of others, the United Methodist Church represents the best of all Protestant possibilities. Hmm. So people ask me about this church, that church, or the global church. I said, I'm not an expert on any of those churches. I don't have I don't I don't have time or energy to knock other religions. Or I said because I've been spending a lot lot of, lot of time and I'm over sixty now. Uh, plus, <laughs> you and I both, my friend. So yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm still trying to be a good Christian and, yeah. and try to be a good Methodist. So I'm United Methodist because I fell in love with the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, and discovered myself in the United Methodist Church. So. That's that's so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the church with all of its warts and pimples and and imperfections. Uh, I love love um, that statement because it emphasizes, I think, what I'm reading into that. And you help me out here is the primacy of grace that uh, we we really lift up and we just amplify grace as uh, the place to be. And so, therefore, if you have grace then you can deal with some of the discouragement. You can deal even with some judgment sometimes. You can even deal with some animosity and anger. But if you have grace, that means you have forgiveness and you are grateful for what you have, not only for what, uh, not only agonizing for what you have not. Amen. Amen. And and, uh, as to the United Methodist Church, Indiana, uh, just a little more than a a week ago, uh, it's been more than a week ago now, we hosted what what we call in our denomination jurisdictional conferences. Yes. So the Midwest area, I call it the Midwest, the North Central jurisdiction. We hosted that in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and it was my first time actually for spending spending a week and I basically spent a whole week in Fort Wayne. I'd been to Fort Wayne many times. Yes. But the first time I actually had a chance to spend there, actually I stayed and went to church on the Sunday after uh, annual conference in Fort Wayne, and it's okay. the second largest city. In Indiana, so yes. Fred, you you probably have a little more familiarity having having lived here uh, most of your life. But uh, we hosted the jurisdictional conference, 
And we made a we made a point that we wanted people to experience Hoosier hospitality at its highest form. We wanted people to come to come to Indiana, and with all of the schism and and ism and and and, and, and racism and all of the exclusion and, and and fears and and the political environment that we're living in right now, yes, with so much division, we wanted to we really wanted to emphasize worship and and hospitality, even though we knew we had. The, there's a there's a political process to electing bishops. Let's go. Uh, let's you, let's, there, let's not be naive about that. Yeah, well, there is that purpose there, but uh, why can't you do that and be really celebratory and worshipful and uh, and you know let's let's be the church at its best, even in the even in such an event as jurisdictional conference. So tell us what moved your heart there, and I particularly would like for you to touch for just uh, during our podcast a little bit about the sermon that you gave on the. Uh, I believe it's November fourth. Friday, Friday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, let me let me say there are some things I had never seen happen before at jurisdictional conference. All I think at one point there was nine candidates for bishop. They all came before the conference as one body and read a litany. I guess it was a covenant litany statement of how they were extending grace to to one another, no matter who won or lost. And they wanted to send a message to the church of what you mentioned earlier, Brad, about the primacy of grace mm-hmm. in a time like this in our world, that the United Methodist Church needed to demonstrate to the world uh, that the love of Jesus Christ was 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 an instrument for healing uh, and feeding and 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 bring, breathing new life into communities. Uh, and I had never seen that happen before, you know, where all of the people who were before we, I think maybe we hadn't even taken the first ballot. Uh, they, they wanted to express this covenant that they had been in prayer for one another for like a month before the conference. Okay. And I had never seen something like that happen because, you know, you're really st- standing next to your competitor you, in, in some sense, because everybody's yes. not going to be an elected bishop. But that was very moving. To me, that pointed to again. So I take it that was, you've been to lots of jurisdictional conferences and lots of general conferences and so on. I take it that was uh, somewhat distinctive from your prior experiences. Is that? Uh, can you say Absolutely. more about that? Okay. Yeah, it was very distinctive from my prior. Experience. It's not that there had been animosity so much, but I never seen uh, people who were, if you want to say, vying for the same position. Yes. Speak speak with one voice to the church uh, about our rootedness in Christ and Christ's love for, for everyone. And that came across, it, I, it was very moving. You could, we were the bishops, the, the bishops were sitting up on the stage. You could, you could literally see how the body of the, of the conference was, was moved by this expression of those persons who were offering themselves to the church in service. So I had a great deal of respect for, for all, there were some That's fine, awesome. That's person. awesome because given the, the competitive and silo nature of our body politic and uh, theological stances of many organizations and churches and so on, that is, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> not what many people are experiencing uh, these days. So, yay God, that you had the experience that could be shared with others. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. And we elected three bishops in our jurisdiction, and I think one, two, three, <laughs> 13 bishops across the church, okay. uh, th- three, bis- three bishops in the north central jurisdiction. 
and uh, I think there'll be fine bishops. They're coming into a very challenging time, and and this kind of this kind of marks the 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 early transition transition period for me. I'll be retiring in 2024. Okay. So I still have a I still have a lot of months left where I can do some encouraging. <laughs> You can still do some good for the kingdom uh, and do some That's damage right. damage to the evil one in that whole time, can't you? Yeah, there you go. That's right. We can still praise the Lord and and speak to the season thing. You know, Thanksgiving it will be celebrated next week, I guess. Will it? Uh, yeah. From from when we're doing this. From podcast. when we're recording this, yes. And we'll and release it probably on Thanksgiving Day or thereabouts. Yes. Yeah. And it, I consider this whole season, right up to the end of the year, as a season of Thanksgiving, even as we enter into Advent and in preparation for the coming of the Christ child, Mm -hmm. that this is a season of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving for life, Thanksgiving for love, Thanksgiving for the power of forgiveness. And one of the messages I think we really need to amplify is that the need to forgive ourselves and the need to, uh, to help people understand that their lives matter. Uh, so many people are, are contemplating or attempting to take their lives or have been successful uh, that people need to constantly hear the message. You are loved uh, and, and you, your life matters and, and your, if your worst day should not be your last day, should never be your last day because God may have something in store for you. In fact, does have something in store for you right around the corner and uh, I just wanted to say that that's that's on my heart because you know, I, I know when the s- seasons change, you know, they talk about the seasonal effect of, you know, the seasonal change. Well, uh, and, we've, and we've the, talked that we're talking about these encouraging and these thankful signs, but we also know that's in juxtaposition to people who are experiencing stress. There is a lot of anger. There's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of things going on out there that we need to address. And sometimes it does get reflected in some very serious uh, ramifications, including uh, suicidal tendencies and lashing out in anger, and we've seen violence happen and all kinds of things happen. And this doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And the church and individual Christians and clergy and, and dedicated lay lay ministers and lay folks can speak into that. And so what are you seeing right now, Bishop, in you know, you mentioned this particular situation about suicide and so on, but what do you see in our churches, in our clergy, uh, in our programs, uh, in what's going on in our church life, that is something that really to say, yay, God, praise God, that we are speaking to a hurting world. We are speaking to a world that has a lot of brokenness in it. What do we need to be celebrating here uh, today? I think the work of the local church is still powerful. Uh, at Jurisdictional Conference, we heard several testimonies, and one was a a ministry that's that housed in Faith United Methodist Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, Arts Arts Academy School, and it's it's a relatively young man who's been leading this school uh, that where where they bring students together to really build on them, build their educational capacity and their artistic capacity, and to instill in them the sense that they're that, that they can be whoever they want to be, and excel. Uh, as persons who are well-learned, well-versed, uh, well-traveled, uh, well-spoken, well-dressed. I'm using some of their litany of the, of the Arts Academy there in Fort Wayne. Just a phenomenal thing. And, and to hear from uh, one of our deacons, 
uh, Angelo Monti talk about gun violence and a program that's happening in Southside High School there of creating peacemakers with high school students. So it's not, these aren't, you know, you, you, we get on the news about people going shooting up high schools or mesh, but we don't hear about peacemakers, persons who are learning the art and science of being leaders and being peacemakers. So these are things that people only think of the church I, I, and rightfully so as places of worship where we baptize and we say goodbye and memorialize those who have gone on to heaven. But we also are part of our ministry and part of our mantra and our mission is the transformation of the world. Yeah, we can, we can learn so much from folks like this. And I think one of the opportunities for us and things we'd be thankful for, but also an opportunity to challenge ourselves a little bit, is how do we take transfer that type of program, for instance, and multiply it and amplify it in other places. And let's just take, I think that's what the church can do best if we use our network of resources and to get the good good word out there. Well, let's just touch on one or two other things, and then we'll let you go on this uh, Thanksgiving time. What do you think are some of the foundational scriptures that buoy you or give you this sense of, of thankfulness and gratitude that can might be helpful to that uh, clergy or to that person out there, or maybe helpful to you as a foundation, the biblical Christian foundation for being thankful here? Well, um, I think, you know, when I, when I turn to the, when I turn to the Psalms, I'm all, I'm always inspired by, by what's, 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 what the Psalmist have to say. But mo most recently you asked me to re also to refer, refer to a sermon that I. Yeah, oh yes, please, please, please. Preached it. And so that was rooted in Luke four. And actually it was, you know, Jesus picks up the scroll is given the scroll from the mm -hmm. prophet Isaiah uh, where it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor uh, and recovery of sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free. Uh, and uh, my message on that Friday was uh, we need to encourage one another, as, as you wouldn't be surprised, I would start with that. <laughs> yes. And yes, we, need to, we need to stand up for the gospel with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And not be timid about it. So we need to we need to have a pastoral word, but also a prophetic word. And, and so uh, when Jesus uh, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, uh, the Bible says as uh, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he found the place where it was written, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me." to bring good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to bring good news to the poor. And the, and the Greek word actually that translates poor really for first century, for the first century world meant anything that, anything that diminished a person. Mm. Uh, so whether it was their, their religious status, whether it was their uh, poverty, whether it was their gender, whether it was their 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 location, whether there was their tribe, anything that diminished a person made them less than. Yes. Uh, Jesus is saying that the message, the good news, the message, the gospel itself should be good news. It uplifts everybody, especially those persons that have been marginalized or those that have been stigmatized. Uh, those who have been ostracized 
And so my message uh, that we need to stand up for the gospel with the gospel is because we can't defeat racism by dreaming it away <laughs> or hoping it away. We can't defeat uh, exclusion or homopho homophobia uh, simply by talking these things away. We really have to apply the good news of the gospel, the, 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 leveling, the, leveling, the leveling experience of Jesus's love for everybody uh, because it was, in fact, Jesus got in trouble because he said that this message is also for the Gentiles. Yes. So yes. wait a minute, wait a minute. Now we, we are doing just fine with, <laughs> with, with those who are already in the church. Now you want to start opening the church to everybody. Yeah. So, well, you so say I think that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you say stand up for the, for the gospel, by, with the gospel. To me, that also says to us, okay, the opposite of that is to kind of go sit in the corner in the dark or pull the covers up and to hide and to hide. And to me, Bishop, what you're sharing with us here today is not only be thankful for who we are and what we are as Christians, as United Methodist Christians, but to stand up for what is right, for what is good, what is true, what is pure, and to be an example of God in this world. And I want to thank you for doing that. I want to say a thank, thanks to you on this Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving time for sharing of your heart in your mind in your time with the folks here on the here on the the podcast the to, to be encouraged podcast and just to share that good word and to have that passion to be an encouraging word because indeed as we'd like to say there's a lot of discouraging things in the world but to be consistent and persistent in giving that encouraging word and so i'd like to give you the last word today on this thanksgiving uh episode of the to be encouraged podcast to speak to any person any situation you want to do to uh, try to lift them up to be encouraging to them clergy laity any folks who may be out there and then uh, maybe close us with a prayer can you do that my friend absolutely psalm 92 psalm 92 it is good to give thanks to the lord to sing praises to your name O most high to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Everybody needs a song to sing, Brad. And if you don't yes. have a song to sing, maybe you can't sing. You know, I'm not the best of singers, but I love music. You need a song that you can play, a song that can play to your heart, a song that can make your heart dance. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. God is a good God because God does not skip over some people <laughs> to love other people. Yes, awesome. God awesome. loves you. God loves me. As we used to say at, at our dinner table, God loves everybody. <laughs> and so I want to say this uh, in closing in prayer. Gracious, loving God. We know that uh, faith is not a plaything. It's real. Help us, O oh God, to grow in our faith and our faith experience. Help us to be the medicine that the world needs, the medicine of hope and the medicine of compassion, the medicine of kindness, grace, and forgiveness. Thank you for loving us and helping us to love others. In the name of Jesus Christ, all praises be to you. Amen. Amen, amen, and a thank you very much, and a great Thanksgiving to you, 
Bishop Trimble, and a great Thanksgiving to all of our listeners here on the To Be Encouraged podcast. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trouble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.